0: You're listening to curated podcasts from the Beyond Infinity radio show, presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. We have Simon Young. He is the founder and CEO of Lithodomus VR. A really exciting company and an exciting use of virtual reality technology we have talked to simon in the past and there's a podcast on our website beyondinfinity.com.au if you want to go back and listen to that but by the look of things and from what i can gather the company has evolved quite dramatically since we last spoke probably two years or so ago simon
1: wow has it been that long
0: yes I think it has. So take me through the the development. I mean, you've been on quite a journey. I know you were living, I think we touched base. I think you were living in Marseille in France. That's
1: right. I Mm. was was in Marseille for six months
0: and then after that in Barcelona. Right. Okay. Uh, Returned
1: in February this year.
0: Okay so this is all about taking your technology taking your app and other things that you do around the world but in particular to to museums now I know it has by the look of things and I'm looking at your website right now as we speak I know things have evolved quite dramatically for you but what were you doing in Europe what was what was happening in Marseille and then and then Barcelona
1: Well after Beers we received that investment back in at the beginning of 2017 to it up and running uh, with the whole concept. We, we spent most of that year developing the product and also building up our content library, getting our first customers for on-site tours and in museums, etc. And uh, had a few hiccups along the way as uh, people were out in the middle of the Roman Forum with the virtuality headset in the direct heat. Some overheating issues that we overcame and right. a few technical bugs, mm. but. Um, after we sorted all that out, we saw a pretty decent um, increase in the number of, of tourism operators uh, who started using the VR on-site. Right. We thought uh, it would be a great idea for me to go to Europe at the beginning of 2018 to be in the thick of it, as it were, to meet with um, potential clients to give presentations about the product because virtual reality is a very difficult thing to explain over the phone or by an email or even on a website it's something that you really need to experience um, to appreciate its uh, its impact.
0: I know it was, it was sort of it's been popular in gaming and and you might be aware at, at Melbourne Museum at the moment there's a I think it's to do with VicRoads or the TAC but it's it's a virtual reality thing you can do there it's actually separate from the museum you don't even need a pass to go to the museum but I took my uh, eight-year-old there uh, recently and put those those oculus headsets on it's a great sensation I'm, I'm kind of relating to what you're saying about it being hard to explain to someone over the phone or by email but mm. once you experience it then it's there's no going back it's it's to me it's almost like a that dreamlike state where you sometimes you can have uh, lucid dreams where you're kind of awake enough but you're still in the dream state and that kind of your eyes are closed but you're that you're seeing a complete world around you which is, which is not through your eyes.
1: That's very interesting that you, you should mention that because I was um, investigating that very sensation as I was updating a presentation I was giving um, in, in, in the States at the beginning of this year. Mm. And a philosopher, a Korean philosopher, Johan uh, Yo- 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 Kim, wrote about this dreamlike state, and he calls it a state of rest digitalis. So it's a very interesting concept, um, and uh, the idea is that there are two, two states. Um, there's the waking state um, and there's the dream state. So the waking state, you're totally aware of where you are and what you're feeling, and you know that, that, that the reality around you is, is tangible. And then there's the dream state where everything seems real, but um you uh, you know that it that it is a dream, so his argument is that, that virtual reality and to a certain extent any kind of interaction with um uh, with technology represents a state of res digitalis, so that means that we're totally awake, we understand that we are we're we're in our bodies, but just for a moment just for a moment, we lose the sense of where we are and we imagine ourselves to be in this digital world almost as if it's a dream state so Really, really uh, hit, hit the nail on the head there. Identifying this this quasi awake dreamlike state that, that reality invokes.
0: And I think that this is where, it really, to me, this is where it gets really exciting. That that you can you can kind of create a natural thing that you don't always experience. To me, and I think generally, it's like it's not that often that you have a dream where you're very lucid and you're aware that you're actually dreaming. You know, or either you forget it or you're not in a conscious enough state to be aware of that vivid dream that's going on, um, yes. so VR is is making that commonplace potentially. And you know, I sat next to my eight-year-old. We both had the Oculus Rift goggles on, and it was, and I could I could touch her. She's right next mm. to me, but I'm looking over. I'm looking through her. At a completely different space, and that was weird. That combination of hit my senses. My my hand is is touching this person next to me, but they're not there, and I'm seeing a completely different scene. So, it's kind of it's almost putting your senses in conflict.
1: That's it, true, and I think for for me the the, the thing that always uh, fascinated or, or motivated me to apply archaeology to virtual reality in situ, in, in, in the place of the ruins was that you are physically conscious in this field of ruins, for example, in the Roman Forum. And then you put on the headset and you enter this state of res digitalis where you feel as though you're you're um, in, in imperial Rome at the time of this, uh, this uh, building's splendor. Mm. And then you take off matches what you're looking at. So there's a real kind of conflict of senses. You're, you're, you're almost tricking your brain into transferring this information from the virtual reality to the physical surroundings yep. that are, are around you. And, 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 and because, as, as we know, a lot of virtual reality uh, applications involve gaming and uh, um, imaginary worlds. Mm. But for an archaeological application of virtual reality, we're, we're dealing with taking... Scientific evidence and site plans and elevations and uh, measurements from the real world, and using those to reconstruct a lost reality, yep. and then superimposing it on 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 the fragments of, of of current current reality. It's
0: incredible. It's an incredible thing to do, and and to recreate, you know, something that's kind of been lost or is only very partially still existent to be able to show people, you know, to put the headset on and, and just backtracking a little bit so that if you're in a museum or if you're at a Roman ruin somewhere in Europe, you put on the headset. Is it an Oculus Rift or is it, a, is it the, just the cardboard where you're putting your smartphone in? What, what sort of headsets are you using? And you mentioned the heat being a problem before.
1: Mm. So uh, luckily the heat, the heat issue was, was, was over, overcome pretty, pretty quickly. They're the most popular um, on-site piece of hardware is the Samsung Gear VR. Yep. So Samsung and Oculus teamed up, I think it was in 2015 or maybe even 2014, where, where um, Oculus shared their, um, their SDK or their, their their engine for virtual reality with Samsung exclusively. So that the tracking and the, the internal software system that regulates the, the virtual reality within the Samsung phone is superior to um, a Google Cardboard, which is which relies on the gyroscope right. of, of an iPhone or, or another Android, Android phone. So, so the tracking and the resolution of the Samsung Gear headset with the phone creates what I, I think is the most affordable and best quality on-site experience. So having said that, since then, plenty of other um, headsets have come out, notably the Oculus Go. Which comes in at 199 American dollars, and that's what we call an all-in-one. There's no need for a phone. It's a, a processor within this device with no cables and high resolution lenses. Um, so, but still looking at affordable.
0: a still looking at a smartphone that you've slid into it, like the cardboard, but with better tracking and stuff built into the. Mm. Into the well, hut. the
1: Oculus Go is yeah. Is, 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 yeah. All, all in one, so no phone necessary. Okay, but the it's Samsung one Samsung yeah. one you
0: mentioned was with, with your phone. With the phone, that's right. correct. Okay, yeah.
1: yep. That's right. So, so that's by far the most popular. And to give um, your listeners an idea, when we started out in 2016, a Samsung Gear phone and headset cost around $1,200 phone because the phone obviously was expensive. But now you can get a Samsung phone and headset for around 200 Australian dollars. So hmm. the price barrier has dropped dramatically for this high-quality virtual reality experience.
0: So that compares pretty well with the Oculus Rift?
1: Yeah, well, Oculus Rift um, is a what we call a tethered experience. So um, it relies on a uh, cable connected uh-huh. to the headset uh-huh. um, that goes into a, a, a graphics processing unit, a GPU computer so that allows real-time interaction and movement through, through a space okay but having said that the big the, the, the big news is the release of the oculus quest which is a room what we call a room scale high resolution tracking all-in-one device with no cable that was released a couple of weeks ago very exciting development
0: Yeah, yeah. It's such a great area, and when you do experience these things, and and I mean, really, that that exhibition which is about trying to promote road, road safety and um, awareness of... It also kind of shows you the evolution of, of uh, driverless technology. So it takes you mm. through sort of older cars back in the 1960s or 70s and, and then goes through to the future of where you'll you all sit in a in, in a kind of van with no driver and it can go above the streets or it can even go down into tunnels via a sort of elevator. So it's kind of mm. the past connecting with the future. I'm pretty sure it's not connected. You don't have to have an entry to Melbourne Museum to see it. So it's giving a lot of people an opportunity to to experience immersive virtual reality for free. So, so it's a good thing to go to, and I believe it's on for quite a while. Like, it's, it's you know, they're, mm. they're, if, have you seen, do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen that? Yeah,
1: I, have, I, have, I haven't gone on to see it, but certainly, I certainly will after that recommendation. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> well, just as a way to give, give people, because a, 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 it's, as we said before, it's, it's a kind of an experience which once you've had it, then you kind of realize what it's about. It's hard to envisage it without that direct experience.
1: Exactly. I mean, going go, perhaps talking a little bit more about 2018 and, and what um, what we were doing in Europe. Mm. It was a pretty pretty um, uh, surreal year. Um, I found myself at one point in the um, in the office of the director of the Roman Forum. Right. Uh, in, in A beautiful library, beautiful old building, a window overlooking the ruins of the forum, and with with, with the uh, virtuality headset on. Looking at our reconstructions, mm-hmm. so that that was quite surreal. Was, was he exciting. was he pretty impressed? Well, he said um, they were the best virtual reality reconstructions he'd seen, and also the best reconstructions of the Roman Forum period that he'd seen. So that's
0: pretty high praise.
1: Pretty. I was I was quite quite pleased with that. Mm. Um, and then um, we were invited to the exhibit at UNESCO in Paris in November during a series called the Digital Heritage Studio where they selected a number of digital heritage companies that represented best practices throughout the world, opened their doors for the first time in UNESCO's history with 20,000 visitors over two days. Um, So that was pretty exciting as well. I I counted that I demonstrated the uh, experience to at least two thousand individuals during that weekend.
0: Yeah, wow, gosh. So, <laughs>
1: my, my French certainly uh had a had a a good um good run through.
0: Yeah, wow. <laughs> well look what it, it's it's such it must be such an exciting thing to be in to kind of be at that that cutting edge or if the as as a technology sort of revealing itself to have a really beneficial and sort of profound effect. You know, great to to be in that seat, I would imagine, Simon. Mm.
1: I think. I think another highlight was the Tower of David Museum um, experience that we launched in October last year. This mm-hmm. is uh, based in at the Tower of David in Jerusalem. Right. Uh, the museum is, is is housed in part of Herod the Great's palace. Uh, one tower survives from his palace called the Old Tower, that has a view of the Dome of the Rock, the Western Wall. the the Church of the Holy Sepulchre uh, Sepulchre and uh, Palestine. It's quite an amazing view. Mm. So we launched there. We recreated, um, working with the local archaeological authority, a reconstruction of of Jerusalem at the time of Herod. People can walk around the museum and glimpse parts of Herod's palace, how they were at the time of Christ, and also go onto the streets of Jerusalem and, and experience different corners and sections of Jerusalem at the time of Christ. They put through, put together an incredible um, uh, media launch. We were in the New York Times, the Washington Post, uh, newspapers across the world. It was quite quite surreal and, um, and, and fantastic. And that's right, running right now in, in Jerusalem at the Tower of David Museum.
0: Oh, fantastic. Just coming back to your website, sounds like you're now sort of taking this Archaeological experience you've had, and with the the VR work that you've done in that area to kind of reveal the past, but you're now doing other things with it. You've got other services, you're working in film and TV. These things are not necessarily related to archaeology at all.
1: I'm not sure whether you or your listeners have ever noticed while watching television series or about Rome or the ancient world how, at times, the reconstruction of Cities and, and buildings Is so completely wrong mm. <laughs> And I, I was always left wondering We know so much about the ancient world Surely these, these television producers Could reach out to uh, an archaeologist Or to a studio Who knew what they were doing In terms of recreating accurately Ancient environments And, and looking, looking around There aren't many studios that do that Right So uh, Several Television producers, both in the States and the UK, are very excited about our capabilities of being able to create these these almost uh, photorealistic um, environments. And so we're in negotiations at the moment for a couple of potential projects.
0: Right. And so just briefly, because we, we're getting a little bit short of time, but ah. when you've done the forum in Rome have you yourself, like your company Lithodomus VR, we're talking to Dr Simon Young, he's the CEO and founder you go to the forum, you make your own measurements, I presume using lasers that sort of stuff, or do you rely on databases that exist, or both?
1: Well, um, for the Roman Forum because it's such a um, heavily studied and published excavation and and site, Mm. there's really no need to go and perform any measurements or uh anything new because it's already been done okay so in that Um, case
0: you're you're just perhaps making better use of existing data than exactly we're
1: representing the published material uh in a way to make it accessible to or or to transform it into virtuality um having said that uh, in other places like in jerusalem was probably is probably a good example we went there and took uh, gps locations and especially elevations of the tower in relation relation to the West, western wall and, and and different parts of the city to make sure that everything lined up correctly so it does it does vary from project to project but i I think um uh, one exciting thing that that we've recently developed is an ability for anyone at home to access our content library. We realize that not everyone has the chance to travel to the Roman Forum or to to Jerusalem to to see our content or to experience it, or so we've released a smartphone app that is a platform to allow people to access their entire content library.
0: Oh, fantastic! Is this is it? Can I ask? Is it it's a paid app or is this a subscription service? It, How does this work?
1: It's a free it's a free app to download. Um, the first thing is free for each playlist, but for your listeners, I have a unlock code for a three day um, trial. <laughs>
0: Okay, great.
1: <laughs> and so I'll read it out. It's, uh, it's capital I for Indigo, six, capital Q for Quentin, uh, the number one, eight, lowercase T, lowercase L, capital L and, and B for Bob, capital.
0: Okay, great. And the,
1: and the app is called Explore. If you search on any of the app stores, Lithodomus Explore, and download that app have a have a prompt to enter
0: well gosh I'll be doing that for sure does that allow you to plug in with your you know with your Google Cardboard or with your your headset or is this something you can experience on a standard smartphone or or computer screen
1: you can you can experience it on a standard smartphone on an iPad Mm -hmm. and you can jump into Google Cardboard VR if you like
0: right fantastic oh that's that's great and thank you very much for that uh, pro- promotional code we will um no worries. We'll s- Fantastic. that's really really exciting stuff there's so much to cover and yeah. uh hopefully are you jetting off for another uh overseas We're
1: going to new york next week to launch um explore this uh app that i just mentioned yep uh to the american classical league which is an association of latin and greek teachers and history teachers United States-wide at right. the Midtown Hilton.
0: Okay, fantastic.
1: Um, ben, I think I might stay in Melbourne
0: for a little bit. <laughs> okay, great. All right, well, I'd love to follow up perhaps when there's a little bit more time available because it just seems like there's so much really fascinating stuff to talk about with you. So, Absolutely,
1: uh, that would be great. Thank you very
0: much for talking with us, Dr. Simon Young, CEO and founder of Lithodomus VR, a Melbourne company, uh, and, and really great that the local company is doing so well in this area, so... Uh, congratulations and good luck in new york
1: thank you very much fierce great to, great to be on the show again you're listening to beyond, infinity.
0: beyond, beyond infinity. infinity thanks for listening remember to visit our program website beyondinfinity.com.au where you'll find our complete back catalog of over 600 podcasts That's beyondinfinity.com.au.